to this month's episode of She Watchables Podcast. Well done, you've had the coffee this morning. I've had too much coffee. I've not had enough coffee. And I'm fresh from holiday. Awesome. <laughs> yes. You know, quite quite in keeping with our film we've chosen this month. Absolutely, but yeah. I've just come back from a, a jolly. Yes, I mean, it's great that you did come back from it, because <laughs> in this film, not everyone does make it back safe. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh-oh, yeah, should we just put them out of the misery quick today, what, what it uh, is? Maybe we should, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this month's film we are watching in bruges we are we're not just to clarify we're not watching oh, it we're not in watching bruges. it yeah and we're not watching it right now either we're not watching it right now we watched yeah. it like last week or so i know i'm scared i've forgotten like loads of stuff now because it's been a week ago <laughs> since the last time <laughs> but it is a great film it is it's brilliant so we decided to pick this because it involves some people on, on a holiday mm-hmm. um in a fairy tale town in a fairy tale town yeah. <laughs> that they may or may not be happy about being in Yes, one may be, and another may not be. <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, a 2007. Oh, I feel I feel I feel wrong. We're like we're getting straight into it. We are. We're not we're not like rambling around the houses for, for <laughs> far too long. We should we should obviously explain that we are Betty and Rita, and we are uh, this is the She Watchables podcast. True. And we are she watching, rewatching British and non Hollywood films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is definitely one. It's yeah, it's, not, a bit. it's definitely non-Hollywood. It is non-Hollywood, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's 2007. Oh, okay. I got 2008. Oh, okay. Maybe I've, I don't know. <laughs> it's around about that time, you know. Details. End of 07, beginning exactly. of 08. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll go with 08. You normally you know what you're talking don't about. Don't trust me. Um, <laughs> and then, you know what I noticed this time when I was watching it? Okay. That I hadn't noticed in the past? Go on. It's a Christmas film. Yeah, it is, yeah. I don't think I noticed that the first no, time. It's really. very subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure why it's a Christmas film. Do you have any idea? No, not really. Because apparently it was filmed um, over, I think, about 12 weeks. So mm-hmm. they had to keep Christmas decorations up in Bruges. And they yeah. had to explain to the residents why the Christmas decorations were up. So it wasn't just that it happened to be filmed at Christmas. Mm-hmm. It was deliberately set it, at Christmas. Yeah, at Christmas time, didn't it? Mm, yeah. Yeah, maybe. So, maybe I it was more to make don't. the ending like a. I mean, not that it is a Christmas miracle, <laughs> but maybe it was a bit more like. A redemption story. Yes. Kind of thing. Maybe. Um, yeah, I'm struggling to. I mean, other than the fact mm. that there are Christmas decorations around. Mm-hmm. There's not really any mention made. Maybe Martin McDonough just really likes Christmas and wanted the people of Bruges to keep the Christmas decorations up for him, so he said the film's going to be set at Christmas, please keep your decorations up. Yeah, it could be that. But actually, yeah, nothing to do with the film. There's no Christmas trees that play any part in Mm. the film or lights that play any part Mm. in the film. It looks pretty. It's a bit of a romantic story as well, going on throughout the film. Is that Kind of. Is <laughs> The twisted one. <laughs> yeah. The twisted one. Yes. So maybe, you know, Christmas is a little bit more romantic. Possibly. Could be that. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's just Bruges is a fairy tale location mm-hmm. and what could be what could make it even more so mm-hmm. putting some Christmas deckies up. Could True. be that. Don't know. Yeah. Other than that, it's a complete mystery. <laughs> But we could have done it as a Christmas film, but we haven't because it's June. 
It is June. Yes. Still. It just is about. still just about. Yes, yes. We are uh, we are behind schedule because of holidays oh. and such. And cancellations but, um, of flights. Oh, dear. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Courtesy of EasyJet. Um, you are here. I should have been sunning myself mm. in Madrid over the weekend, but instead I sunned myself in York. Well, it's still sunny. And it was sunny. beautiful. Yeah, it's still sunny. Yeah, that's so, fine. That's all good. Mm-hmm. So back to <laughs> back to, to Inbridge. Yes, there you go. So let's not. We've, we've we brought ourselves rambled. down. Yeah, we've brought ourselves down now. So it's got an IMDb score of seven point nine. It does, which is uh, respectable. That's reasonable. Yeah, 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 definitely. I do. I'd agree with that sort of ballpark figure for the film. Yeah, myself. Um, it was nominated for best original screenplay at the Oscars and like practically everywhere else as well. Yeah. Uh, it was beaten by Milk. Which I'm ashamed to say I haven't seen. No, me neither. Um, although I'm aware of it. Um, but there you go. Mm-hmm. It won a BAFTA for Best Screenplay, didn't it? Yeah. And I think it won the British Indie Film Awards for Best Screenplay, Best Actor and Best British Independent Film too. Fair enough, yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe the script was on the blacklist for a while. Which is that, yeah, that list of, you know, uh, scripts that everyone wants to... Uh, film, but just hasn't got around to it yet. Oh, right, okay. So, uh, you know, good writing. Uh, it won a Golden Schmoes Award for Most Underrated <laughs> Film of the Year and two other awards for under Underrated or Overlooked right, Films. Okay. So I'm not sure who it was overlooked by. Yeah. I was aware of it when yeah, it came out. So I don't know whether that's a particularly... Uh, American thing, maybe. You know? Yeah, because it, it was pretty. Overlooked. It was pretty massively was... advertised over yeah. here. I remember definitely because yeah. Colin Farrell was like height of his stardom, really, as well. well or when he first he came though? onto yeah. the scene, yes, yeah, he was kind of like the it, yes, actor to go to for he, things, wasn't he? He was, yeah, and he's very good in this. Yeah, um, he. If we skip to cast an MVP. Um, both Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, who play Ray and Ken, the hitmen, they were both nominated for Golden Globes, um, Best Performance by an Actor, mm-hmm. and Colin Farrell won, because mm-hmm. he is very good. He is, yeah. He plays a character in severe emotional distress quite well. Well, <laughs> pretty well, to be fair, because it's obviously a black comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's about uh, two hitmen who uh, are sent to Bruges mm-hmm. um, after a bungled job. Oh, um, very bungled. Yeah. And so it's a very, very dark black comedy. Mm-hmm. And you you might not expect the depth of the emotion mm-hmm. that Colin Farrell's character has. Yeah, because um, at, at first sort of glance at his character, he's just not a nice person. <laughs> very he just comes across yeah. as a real horror of a human being. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But he has moments of um, real despair, doesn't he? Yeah. So he's got quite a... He's got quite it's a It's almost like character. he's a child, like, playing up, like, acting out. Absolutely. Yeah. Because he doesn't know how to deal with what he's feeling and seeing and yeah. going through. Yeah, I think you bang on about that. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so going back to... Um, the screenplay, which is written by Martin McDonagh. Now, I struggle with this because I think Martin McDonagh's done a lot more stuff than he actually has. Okay. And that's because I get him mixed up with his brother, John Michael McDonagh. Okay. In fact, you could play you could play a game of who directed what. So if I said in Bruges, you would say 
Martin McDonough. Mm-hmm. If I said The Guard, which is a very similar film, oh, right. also starring Brendan Gleeson, yeah. you would have to say John Michael McDonough. Okay, I didn't know this. No. Yeah, fair enough. So I was puzzled because I went, when I went on IMDb, I thought, oh yeah, he did Calvary, he did The Guard. You know, I was thinking about all the, the kind of smaller films that he did before, obviously, you know, went off to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't find Calvary and The Guard. And I thought, <laughs> I'm sure he did them. It's got Brendan Gleeson in. It's yeah, like, yeah. you know, he's playing, playing a similar kind of character. Um, and no, that's his brother. Oh, well, so, there you go. Every day's a school day. It is, it is, yeah. Uh, Martin McDonough, of In Bruges fame, um, was also responsible for... He, he won quite a few awards for a short film called Six Shooter. Mm-hmm. Then he made Seven Psychopaths. Yeah. And then he made three billboards mm-hmm. outside Ebbing, Missouri. So he's got a thing about numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose he does. <laughs> Born and raised in London, along mm-hmm. with his brother, but they are... Sons of Irish parents, mm-hmm. hence the, the Irish the theme. love of Irish yeah, running actors through. and yeah, yeah, yeah. I was quite surprised to learn that they were English. If you if mm-hmm. you look on Wikipedia, it says he's Irish, but mm, yeah, but he was he was raised, born and raised yeah. in London. Yeah, he's technically, you know, he's very London. He's really. He was like Old Kent Road and Battersea, yeah. where he was brought up. So yeah, it's about as London as you get, isn't it? Yeah. But obviously surrounded by Irish families, mm-hmm. so um, he's got an ear for the for the dialogue. They originally weren't yeah. supposed to be Irish, right? Okay, but that wasn't the plan. But then they cast these two guys, and you know, and that just worked yeah. quite well. For the swearing's always funnier in Irish. <laughs> <laughs> True, so, but yeah. So there you go. So Martin McDonough, he was um, he's won a lot of accolades for being a playwright as well, hasn't he? He has, yeah. So as his brother sort of co- I mean you've obviously done the research uh, on that you know, well. know. Um, is he a playwright too or I don't think sure. so I don't think mm-hmm. so um, but I will investigate that footnote John Michael McDonough is Martin's older brother who started his career as a screenwriter and director after writing several novels which went unpublished he was more successful when writing for film being nominated for a BAFTA for Best Original Screenplay for his 2011 film The Guard, which became the most financially successful independent Irish film to date, although Mrs Brown's boys The Movie had a bigger opening weekend. Um, but yeah, I think um, Martin, yeah, he wrote a lot of plays, mm-hmm. but seems to not particularly be a fan of the theatre, weirdly. Yeah, I... um, kind of got that vibe from yeah. interview snippets too i and think I th- he's kind of been looked down at by the set oh he feels certainly like he's been looked down at yes i think it's the elitism of the theater mm-hmm. that he uh is offended by yeah. more than the actual medium itself mm-hmm. um obviously you know you can stream in bruges i think it's on uh, netflix at the moment mm-hmm. for no pounds and no pence as long as you've got a subscription but the theater is relatively exclusive and I don't I think that's mm-hmm. something that he doesn't really like. Yeah. Um so yeah, despite being an acclaimed playwright, he has made the the segue into uh, into films and very successfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has to be said. Agreed. So he says of the, of the production of uh, In Bruges, he says um oh 2008 I've written down 2008. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I told you were right. Who is there somewhere? <laughs> Um, he says the production was relentless and exhausting. Yeah. 
Um, Focus Films, who are, you know, they're, they're the little US mm-hmm. section that we don't talk about because it doesn't really fit with our, um, you know, <laughs> with our remit. Focus Films, the production company, they tried to change everything they could change. Um, and it says he says Focus are supposed to be supportive indie filmmaker friendly people. He calls them scumbags. Um, it was constant <laughs> war, but they never won. Yeah. So, oh, good on him. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't yeah. imagine what it must be like if you've got a vision in your mind of what film mm. you want to make, and a studio's trusted you enough to give you like the budget to do it. Yeah. But then starts wading saying, "We don't want this. We want that." Blah blah blah. Yeah. How do you deal with that? It must be incredibly hard. Yeah. Um, and at least with theatre, I suppose what you write and what you direct, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. But with a film, you've got the editing process, you know, you, you the yeah. film that you've even put in camera isn't necessarily the film that, that comes out. So mm-hmm. it must be quite nerve-wracking. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing what's come out at the other end. I wonder if they were trying to remove the... Um... 126 F words used throughout the film. <laughs> or, or indeed the 12 C words. Yes, yes. Is, that's, quite a, that's quite a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> it's quite to be a fair, lot. it's like rapid fire. It is it's used all, yes. all those Cs are used very quickly you one after the other, I think. You could get rid of that scene and, and, and yeah. And, I mean, you wouldn't, want, you wouldn't want to, but if you wanted to. Yeah. If you're showing it on a plane, although to be fair, <laughs> if you're showing it on a plane, it would be about five minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, if you wanted to, yes, you could excise that particular mm. uh, segment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Should we skip to can you watch it with your mum? <laughs> um, I would say absolutely not. No. There's a lot of swears. Yeah, the swearing the, is quite gory. It is. Like, it is a few bits of gore. Although someone did uh, make a comment uh, on IMDb that there is little to no blood until the last 30 minutes. Which is fine. Yeah. But, I mean, what do you do? Like, watch it with the family and then go, <laughs> OK, we got to, you know, just got to turn it off now. Um, anyway, they all lived happily ever after. Yeah. <laughs> Not really any help to anyone Bruges. Exactly, exactly. Uh-huh. No, I don't see my mum liking it. I don't mm-hmm. see her getting past the first five minutes. I mean, even without all the swearing, I'm not sure my mum would, like, really get the joke and, the sen- like, the sense of humour. Yeah. And uh-huh. things as well. It's, um, it's not a... Not a mum film, not a no. Becky's mum film, definitely. I mean, I had a, obviously, it got 7.9 uh, on IMDb. I did, as is my want, look at the one-star reviews, of which there are many. Yes, it's Marmite, this film, isn't oh, it? Oh, my word, absolutely. You either get it or yeah. you don't. And we don't want to be condescending here. We mm-hmm. love Americans, you know, even though we don't represent the films in this podcast. Quite a lot of the reviews did seem to be from people who... We're a little bit condescending about the accents, couldn't get the accents. Right. Some people said they, they, uh, they inexplicably walked round with an, with an English accent for days after watching the film. It's like, well, <sighs> I'm not sure how. Because <laughs> it's full of uh, very strong Irish accents. But um, why would that happen anyway? I don't know. I don't know. I've managed to, I've managed to not do that. Yeah, so I don't watch American sure. films, of which the majority of my <laughs> film watching is, yeah. and constantly talk with an American. Exactly. Person. Yeah, so it. they're very susceptible, whoever this is. But <laughs> yeah, they seem to be uh, struggling with the accents um, and struggling with just the the general tone. Mm-hmm. To which I say, it's an eighteen rated film. Yeah, you know, if you're not sure if you're going to like something that's eighteen, even fifteen rated these days, mm-hmm. do a bit of research. 
You have to do a heck of a lot of bad in a film to get an 18 rating. You do. I don't think this would be an 18 if it was released now. Yeah, maybe not. Because there's very, very specific things that you have to have in a film to make it an 18. Yeah. And I don't think it's got any of those things in it. Generally to do with kind of like sexual violence, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, you know, <clears throat> just, just, just look stuff up. There's films that are out at the moment that I, I kind of want to see, but mm-hmm. then I've done a bit of research and thought, I maybe won't. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the trailer for Men? No, I don't think I have. I feel like I've seen it every time I went to the cinema. Um, with um, oh, your man. Your man whose name will come back to me. But he basically plays every part in it. Okay. And it's kind of like, it, it comes across like a psychological horror. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I, yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm down with that. Um, but I've heard quite a few reviews. Apparently the last 30 minutes turns into full-on gory body horror. Right. Like Cronenberg okay. style, you know. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, I'm probably not going to go for that. Yeah. You know, because that, that that's not really my bag. Yeah. Um, so do your research, guys. Yeah. You one-starers. Yeah. You know. It's and then an if 18. you do watch it and you don't like it, you've only got yourself to You're bad, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, they took offence to the... Some of the some of the things that um, that Ray says, mm-hmm. which we'll probably come back to when we get to has it dated. Yeah, you know. But again, he's a character. Yes, in a play, and he's in, supposed in to be unlikable. Yeah, yeah, that is the point. Exactly. Yeah, just because I think we've said it before, just because a character in a film might be racist or homophobic doesn't mean the writer or director is, or yeah. indeed the film is. You know. Mm-hmm. So yes, hey ho. We're hours. We've not for really everybody. Have, we've wandered. We've, we've really gone all wandered. over the place. Um, first viewing. Um, do you remember when you first saw it? Um, yeah, I watched it at home probably around the time it came out on DVD or its first premiere on TV or something. I remember yeah. watching it with my dad. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Did your dad like it? I imagine it. he would. He yeah. loved it. <laughs> he, he watched it multiple times throughout yes. the rest of his life as uh, well because he, uh, he found it very entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I can't. I genuinely can't remember. Two thousand and eight. Would I have gone to see it at the cinema? No, I think I probably would have watched it on DVD. I might have got it from the video shop. (laughs) Was it still around at that time? I don't know. Um, Yeah, I don't think I saw it at the cinema. But yeah, I do do remember enjoying it. Um, I haven't seen it again since uh, since then Mm -hmm. until until now. So I was glad to uh, to revisit it. I think my sort of rewatchings have never been full rewatches. It's been, you know, yes. when it's popped up on TV and there wasn't anything else on and yeah. it was like half an hour left or something. Kind mm. of watched that bit or whatever. But yeah, my first full rewatch really yeah. has been for, for our episode. And would you say it is rewatchable? Yeah, I think like okay. with a bit of time between watches and things. Yeah. I think it's it's definitely a, a rewatchable film. Um, although throughout uh, research, um, mm-hmm. I found an interview with Martin McDonough by a writer called Robert Chalmers. Right. A man who has watched In Bruges over 100 times. Mm-hmm. So he clocks that at over 220 hours. That's a lot. Of In Bruges. And yeah. that was written, it's from an article in 2018, so he's probably watched it more since, wow. I reckon. Yeah. That's commitment. It really is. It really is. I don't think. I don't think it's that good. Yeah. You know, I can count on the finger of yeah. like one hand, a couple of fingers, probably the number of films I've watched over a hundred times. 
if yeah, indeed I've, I've watched any film exactly so like you know I'm, I'm thinking like hot fuzz shown of the dead yeah like yeah. those sorts of films i'm probably still not in triple figures exactly this the the brilliant comedies easy to watch uh-huh. things you can just you know put on for Dip a laugh if you, d- yeah. if you you know are stuck for what to watch but yeah 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 i've never watched those probably more than 20 30 no, times in total no. and i think we talked about this with amelie because there was one crazy person who'd watched that kind of yeah. a hundred times it's funny how films just grab people mm-hmm. isn't it mm-hmm. just um i mean i enjoyed this i enjoyed re-watching it i'll yeah. probably watch it again at some point in the future but i'm not going for a hundred no know? way <laughs> no, definitely not I like some of the uh, things that you see on a second rewatch that you don't pick up the first time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of foreshadowing, mm-hmm. isn't there? Yeah, um, there is. Because it starts with a voiceover, doesn't it? Which mm-hmm. is usually a bad sign you yeah. know, in many films, but yeah. not with this one. It starts with a voiceover after I killed him. Mm-hmm. And the first time you think, well, he's a hitman. Of course he's going to have killed somebody. This is the whole point of the story. When yeah. you watch it again you realise he isn't necessarily talking about the hit. Yeah. The intended target. It's, He's talking about the, the little, little boy, boy who he accidentally mm. killed. Yeah. So you think, oh, okay, right. I know where he is in his headspace now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and when uh, when they're talking and, and, uh, and Ray says uh, to Ken, why'd you bring that up? And he hasn't brought anything up. Yeah. He just looks at him and he says, why'd you bring that up? Yeah. And he's obviously talking about what happened when the, the boys accidentally shot. Mm-hmm. But again, the first time you think, what's that about? Yeah. You know, so it's like on a rewatch. You, oh, mm-hmm. okay, I get that now. And when uh, Ken's at the top of the tower and he's taking aim. <laughs> <laughs> you, at the time, you just kind of laugh it off because you just yeah, think it's quite like funny because he's sick of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, he's fantasising about shooting him, but obviously... He doesn't realise himself that that's actually what he's exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what he's there for. Things like um, in the IMDb trivia, it points out that um, Ken changes his clothes quite a lot during the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ray doesn't. Yeah. He's got the same clothes on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, did Ken know deep down that Ray wouldn't need too many clothes? Yeah. You know that he doesn't need too many changes of clothes because he isn't going to... Because he, he's the one that brings up we might be on a job. Yeah. Maybe that's what he's thinking. Yeah, maybe. They've only got one room booked mm-hmm. at the hotel. Yeah, that's the There's other hint, isn't it? And yeah, yeah. Only afterwards you go... Exactly, oh. yeah. Oh, so God. that's what I like about rewatching films like this where things are revealed as the film goes along. Mm-hmm. You watch it again and you, you've you got a, a deeper appreciation... A different angle from for watching the, it. Uh, yeah, for the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we've established it is almost certainly non-Hollywood. We've got Focus Pictures. Yeah. Um, they are an American production company, but the other two, Blueprint and Film 4, uh, based in the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it was filmed on location in, in Bruges. Bruges. I think Martin McDonough just wanted to go back to Bruges for a holiday. I think so. Do you think these memories are his, actually, of the swan? And uh, you know when he's when he's talk- when Harry's talking about what a wonderful time he had as a boy. Maybe. Yeah. Well, actually, um, the interview um, that I was mentioning before mm-hmm. um, by Robert Chalmers, I was having a read through it because I was trying to find out 
Does Martin McDonough hate Bruges? <laughs> or does he love Bruges? It turns out he actually really likes Bruges. Oh, like, I mean, loves it, maybe. Yeah, yeah. so he apparently, um, his own words, he was uh, supposed to be meeting a girl uh, mm-hmm. um, for like a sort of holiday date. Right. Um, so he went to Bruges a day or two before they were supposed to meet because he wanted to go sightseeing and see all these wonderful things that he could show this girl. Oh. That was very romantic. That is nice. And he said he really, really enjoyed it. And yeah. it was just so beautiful. But while he was there, he was looking at, at the the town and thinking, this is so beautiful, so many mm-hmm. shots that he could get and things. Anyway, he got stood up. Oh, no. He got stood up in Bruges. Oh, <laughs> she so he both turn up. And hates Bruges. Um, yeah, so he was a little bit, yeah, a little bit heartbroken in Bruges. Um, but then he said also... At that point, he started to feel a little bit bored by right, Bruges okay. too. Right, Because yeah. it's not very big. No. And kind of, you know, the scenery's nice, but Once it sounded it. like there wasn't lots to do there. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he also sort of understood the being bored side in Bruges. Right. So um, he thought that's where his idea came from then. That's interesting. He was just like, what if there's a person who's here in Bruges it's such a beautiful town, but they don't want to be here. But yeah. for whatever reason, they can't leave. Yeah. And that was how he oh, that's came up interesting. with the idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just setting such a dark tale in such a beautiful place mm-hmm. as well, juxtaposition yeah. is, is interesting I as well, really thought that he would have like actually hated, hated Bruges it. for some reason. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been... And I do wonder, Maybe like... he does a little bit. How did he pitch there? it to the town? Because obviously oh. you've got to get licences to go and yeah. film in places. Of How course. do you pitch a film yeah. <laughs> called In Bruges? Well, everyone knows where it is. Everyone's heard of Bruges. Yeah. Everyone knows where it is now, mm-hmm. even if they didn't before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Brendan Gleeson's character does a very good job of promoting it. Yeah. He loves it. And Harry clearly loves it too. Yes, Harry does love it. Um yeah, who will come on to later. <laughs> um, to, did you find a degree of Richard Curtis? Uh, yeah, I found a super-duper-duper duper short one. You probably got the same one as me. Yeah, probably. super-duper short one. It's a bit of a cheat, really. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. But I, And it was it was only after I'd put the time and effort into my super-duper long one that I suddenly went, <laughs> oh, you fool, there's a super-duper-duper duper short one. There is, yes. <laughs> Shall I give you my long... long shall I give you the long one and you can give us okay, your short one okay. and then I'll see... Okay. So the long one mm-hmm. was Colin Farrell was in Seven Psychopaths with Sam Rockwell. Love oh, you. Love Sam Rockwell. Uh, Sam Rockwell starred in Charlie's Angels with Cameron Diaz. Although he wishes he didn't. I'm oh, sure. no, I love that film. And being unfair, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's brilliant. The first one in particular. Okay. Partly because of Sam Rockwell. Yeah. It's brilliant. Um, Cameron Diaz starred in your favourite film, The Holiday. Oh, I love with it. With Jude Law. <laughs> <laughs> Jude Law was in Sherlock Holmes 2009 with Rachel McAdams, who starred in About Time, which was written by Richard Curtis. But you could actually just circumvent that entire narrative. Because, I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> because um, Brendan Gleeson's son, <laughs> Donald Gleeson, was also in About Time. There That's you go. the one. That's the one. That was the first one. And then I thought, no, do you know what? Come on now. I need to put a bit more effort okay. in. So it's not quite as long as yours, but... Uh, uh, Ray Fines, or to give him his proper title, uh, Ralph Nathaniel Twistleton Wickham Fines. Woof. Um, What's well, easy for me to say? Um, was seen recently as Orlando Oxford in The King's Man. Right. Yeah. Uh, with Reese Ephens. 
Okay. And Reese Evans played Spike in Notting Hill. Oh, that's a good directed one. by Richard Curtis. So nice. yeah, a little bit, little bit more effort. Not quite as much as you, but yeah, uh, there you go. That's good. Hmm. So um, we uh, we spoke about Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Um, we've got a few other people um, in the cast. Um, most yeah, the the, the the other main characters. But you've got Clements Posey, mm-hmm. who plays Chloe. Um, do we do? Is it a more movie? <laughs> do we go? Into, <sighs> is it a more movie? It's really not a more movie. No, no. it's not. Um, which is a, it's it's unfortunate because you've got two female characters uh-huh. who are really quite strong characters. Yeah. Um, but they don't speak to each other. Mm-mm. And Clements Posey's character, and uh, it, this is terrible because she's such a brilliant actress mm. she could be replaced with a sexy lamp really yeah yeah does she drive the story along I suppose she gets Ray out of the way so that um, Ken can have his conversation on the phone with Harry yeah but he could quite easily just be that out could have just been drinking anything, though. couldn't he yeah yeah she, she's um, she's strong in as much as um, she's got her own business. Oh yeah, she's very entrepreneurial <laughs> she's very, and independent. She's entrepreneurial. Yes, yeah. she is. She's an independent lady. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, she chooses not to rob Ray. She does. Yeah. Because that's usually their gambit. Yes. That her and her friend, she lures someone back to their apartment and yeah. then they rob him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she obviously likes Ray. To the point yes. where she goes, I don't want to rob this man. Yes, exactly. I'm yeah. going to date yeah. with him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, oh, no. we're conflicted about her character. Yeah, Marie's yeah. awesome though. She is. Yes, feisty gal. She is. Yes, yeah. the receptionist. Yes, in inverted commas. Yeah. Yes, the B and B owner. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, co-owner. Yeah, co-owner. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I do particularly like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she gets rid of. I mean, someone was saying in, in the uh, in the reviews, in the poor IMDb reviews. You know, it's completely far fetched. You know, this pregnant woman um, tells this hitman to get out of her hotel. I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. um, but I just think, well, fair play. Yeah, it's her hotel. Yeah, um, and she's very. You know, she stands up to him. Yeah, absolutely. Fair play. I don't see. I mean, it might be foolish. But I don't think it's particularly far-fetched. She's shown her mettle mm-hmm. earlier on in the film. She'll stand up for herself, won't yeah, she? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when Harry calls her a receptionist and <laughs> she makes sure that everyone knows that that <gasps> yeah. is not the case. Mm-hmm. You know. Footnote. It was remiss of us not to mention the versatile actor who plays Marie. Thekla Royton is Dutch, but speaks five languages and redubbed Angelina Jolie and Renée Zellweger's roles in Dutch versions of the How to Train Your Dragon films. She performed at the 2021 Eurovision Song Contest, played an assassin alongside George Clooney in The American, and appeared in the Jennifer Lawrence assassin film Red Sparrow. She was most recently seen in the Netflix show Warrior Nun. She really isn't to be trifled with. So it's a shame, really. Mm-hmm. It's a shame there wasn't more of a, you know, a little subplot um, going on that gives those characters a bit more to do, yeah. makes them a bit more important. But um, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Like we've said before, it's not necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. if, if a film isn't 
um, a more movie if it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. It's quite a, it's quite a, it's quite a macho film. This, I would mm-hmm. say, it is. I'm not sure that's necessarily a good thing, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, it knows its audience exactly. You made it now, you'd flesh those characters out a bit more. You'd hope so. Yeah, well, yeah, you'd like to think so. Yeah. And maybe he's redeemed himself by making three billboards. Um, True. With an astonishingly great central female performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's made it up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll forgive him. Off. We will, yeah, we'll forgive him. We'll yeah. forgive him. Um, so, yeah, we've got Clements Paul's... Uh, Kieran Hines as the priest, he's um, mm-hmm. uncredited... Oh, I don't know if um, I don't know if you saw it on DVD. There's a couple of interesting extras. Oh, no, no, I've not seen these. And um, it turns out they have a little conversation, Ray and Ken, about why the priest got whacked. Right, oh, OK. Um, because, well, obviously we don't find that out, mm-hmm. do we? And um, Ray suggests that it's for, you know, nefarious activities with children. Right. Because he's jumped to that conclusion. Yeah. Um, turns out it's nothing quite so uh, salacious. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, he was on a committee that was stopping a new development being built. Ah. It was purely mercenary. No way. So there you go. It's a um, bit brutal. A little bit, yeah, wow. little bit. Oh, but dear. obviously, Harry had friends who wanted that development to be to be made and getting rid of everybody that was in the way. <laughs> So, yeah, so there you go. Brutal, Harry, brutal. Brutal, indeed. But I like Kieran Hines. I think he's great in yeah. everything. He was very good in Belfast mm-hmm. last year. I think he's probably the best thing in Belfast, but <laughs> that's just me. We need to talk about Harry. Uh-huh. Have you seen Sexy Beast? No, I've not. No. So that needs Mm-mm. to go on our list for future viewing. Okay. For a start. But I don't think... I think maybe I hadn't seen Sexy Beast when I first saw it in Bruges. Mm-hmm. I've seen it since, and Sir Ben Kingsley's character in Sexy Beast, it's Harry. Really? I actually looked it up. I actually looked it up to see if they were literally the same character. Right, you know, you okay. sometimes get characters oh, yeah, that, yeah. you know, they come from... A, it's, it's, <clears throat> it shows that the films are in the same world. Yeah. I thought, is this actually... Is he the same character? He isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, what's his name in, in Sexy Beast? He's, he's called Don, um, Ben Kingsley's character. But he's Harry. Right, and okay. And many other people have made this comment. Mm-hmm. He is basically... If he hadn't seen Sex, No, I'm not having it. He's definitely seen it. Okay. He's definitely <laughs> channeling it. Um, he's just doing an impression. So there's a little bit of me that struggles with, with Harry mm-hmm. because it really does sound like Ray Fiennes doing a, a, an impersonation of Sir Ben Kingsley playing Don right, in okay. Sex and Beast. He's like, he's the same character. Fair enough. So I'll, oh, I'll okay. have to... Uh, I love Sir Ben Kingsley. I'm going to have to watch this Oh, again. you will be terrified by yeah. Sir Yeah. Oh, no, is he going to put me off? Absolutely. Ooh. No, he won't put you off because he's a very, very, very good actor. Oh, but yeah. he is terrifying okay. in Sexy Beast. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's very scary. I think you can just look... If you YouTube like a super cut uh-huh. of, um, yeah, all Don's best bits in Sexy Beast, he's, he's a scary, <laughs> scary man. Right, okay. I like Harry, uh-huh. um, but I find it difficult to separate from that other character. Yeah, fair enough. A bit weird. So I was watching his performance as Harry and thinking maybe this is why he got given the role of Voldemort as well. <laughs> true, yeah, it's true. Because he's a little bit terrifying. He is, he is, yeah. 
And he's got, like, that psychotic... You know, he can switch his personality from being, like, silkily nice yes. to being, like, suddenly I'm murdering you in, like, yeah. a second, which Much is a like Voldemort, Voldemort sort of character. Don't say his name. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a very um, weird sense of fair play mm-hmm. as well. There's another deleted yes. scene. He's got now, this some strange morals. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. This is interesting. Um, there's a deleted scene where he is, where his character, it's a flashback mm-hmm. to Harry and Ken in their younger years right. uh, as hitmen. Um, and Harry is played by Matt Smith. Oh, right, cool. Yeah, yeah um, TV's Doctor Who, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Smith. And he, he beheads um, a chief inspector in a police station because I can't actually remember what he's done, but the, he, he finds out this. You know, this uh, this cop has done something mm-hmm. that um, he thinks is completely beyond the pale, and he literally goes in with a sword and beheads him. The only reason right. why it didn't make it into the film, apparently, is because the beheading is terrible. It's like the CG <laughs> is just shocking. Oh, it's dear. really bad. Um, That's a shame. I kind of want to see it now. Um, I, I, I will show you. We can watch yeah. it later. Yeah, I will show you Please. later. Um, but so that's interesting. But that that flashback is kind of setting up mm-hmm. this sense of fair play that he's got. Where right. you know Ray's got to die because he's killed a kid. Yeah, and then Harry ultimately mm-hmm. kills himself because he thinks he's done yeah. the same thing. And Harry's trying to make Ken mm-hmm. kill Ray because yeah. Ken's responsible for. Uh, Ray doing the job yep. in yep. the first place, like giving him a chance. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So it's like punishment for all. Again, there was someone who uh, had an issue with the fact that it seemed to imply that a child's life was... I read um, that one. Well, yeah, a child's life was, was more important than that of a of A, a dwarf. dwarf, yeah. Which but I don't think that's... That wasn't any at any point the point. No. Nobody no. said that. no. No. That wasn't implied. I don't see how it was. I think if he'd accidentally killed um, a, a, a standard size adult man, mm-hmm. I still don't think he would have been as bothered. Yeah. It was because he thought he killed was a, a child, child and the yeah. whole thing uh, with He literally Ray. just had that whole spiel of he's exactly. killed a child. He's killed a child. And if to. I'd have killed a child, yeah. I'd have blown my brains out there and then. Yeah. That's exactly. literally what he said in the exactly. previous scene. Exactly. <laughs> So it's not that he'd have gone, oh, no, if I'd have known he was just a dwarf, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, that, it's not, that's not, yeah. the, no, you're mixing apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no. So I'm not having that. that that's, Me neither. Yeah, that, that's, that's a, non, a non-complaint. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's very good and he's very scary. Yeah. Um, and a, a bit random. And there's also yeah. another uh, DVD extra where it actually shows you him as a seven-year-old um, in, in Bruges. Um, Seeing the swans. Oh, it's unnecessary to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we have any favourite scenes? Uh, well, yeah. Um, my favourite scene is the Harry and Ray standoff in the B and B. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> the um, the one at the end, basically, where Ray's pegged it upstairs to his oh, room yes, looking yes, for yes. his gun. Yeah, yeah. Harry's downstairs having chased him into the B&B yeah. and Marie stood at the bottom of the stairs uh-huh. saying, you are not yes. going upstairs, get out of my yeah. B&B. Um, Good for her. It's just absolutely absurd. And I love that she kind of stands there in between them. Yeah. And then she says, why don't you both put your guns down and go home as if it's that simple? And then mm-hmm. Harry's reply, don't be stupid, this is the shootout. <laughs> Like breaking yeah. the fourth wall a it little really bit is. as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this yeah. is the shootout. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, he I mentions shootouts a couple of times, doesn't he? Like he has a really cinematic, <laughs> yeah, sense of, uh, of of fair play and how things should work. How yeah. things should work. Mm-hmm. This is how it ends. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that whole scene is just hilarious. And then like saying, "I'll tell you what, there's a there's a window out of my room here, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to jump out of it and try and land in the river. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll have a chance to try and shoot me." <laughs> it's just like. What? It is surreal. Yeah, it's it is crazy. quite surreal. Yeah, yeah, it's it is. very funny. It is. That is that's a good scene. What's um, yours? Um, I like. I, I do like. Um, I do like Ray taunting the Americans. <laughs> just awful. And just the phrase "leave it fatty." Oh. Um, I, I do. It, yeah, it's, it's terrible. terrible. It is terrible, but it. But it is funny. Yeah. It is funny. I also like all the bits with sightseeing mm-hmm. because I don't know what you're, you've obviously just been a, uh, come back from a sightseeing trip. Mm-hmm. We saw to... a lot of pubs inside. <laughs> yes, you saw a lot of other things. No, we did see a lot of other things. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what um, what your holidays are like when you're on holiday with your other half. Mm-hmm. When I'm on holiday with my other half, I'm afraid that this film sums up quite a lot of. Our sightseeing trips, <laughs> right. which is me reading from a guidebook, uh-huh. um, and uh, the good gentleman musician him indoors, grunting like a like an eight year old and uh, attempting to to be engaged. Right. Okay. So, um, and I've got a feeling there's a lot of people who will th- this will resonate with mm-hmm. with um, with Ken going around reading things. Yeah. And Ray just generally being disinterested, <laughs> looking yeah. at his shoes like a child. Yeah. And. And particularly, I mean, just the, um, uh, one of my favourite lines, do you think this is good? Going round on a boat, looking at stuff. <laughs> yes, it's called sightseeing. It's literally the first thing we did in York. <laughs> exactly, that's it, that is what you do. Um, but I think particularly the, the, the scene in the uh, the Church of the Holy Blood, the Basilica of the Holy Blood, mm-hmm. Um, where he's explaining, and in I think it's the hushed tones that make it even funnier mm. when he's whispering and explaining about this this artifact, you know, and uh, and he says, "What you do is you you get into the queue and you go and touch it." Do I have to? It's <laughs> <laughs> one of my favourite bits. Do you have? Of course, you don't have to. I think that is one of my favourite uh, yeah, favourite lines. Because you know, whatever you know, whatever your faith, mm. this is something that's you know considered really important, yeah, and something yeah. that people travel to see and whatnot. Do mm. I have to? <laughs> um, I he is like a brilliant. child, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, me and my sisters that have just been to York for the weekend, we had an in Bruges moment. Did you really? So um, we got to um, a particular landmark, uh-huh. um, and big sister number one mm-hmm. said. Oh, are we going to walk up there? Are we, going to, are we going to go up there? And it was a lot of steps. And me and big sister number two just went, no, nah, you're all right, we'll just sit down here and look at you up there. At which point big sister one was like, really? But the view's supposed to be really good up there. And I just went, but we can see down here the view. Exactly. We don't have to go up there to exactly. see it. It's true. Um, anyway, she went to go up the, mm-hmm. uh, the said tower and um, English Heritage tried to charge a £9 for it and she decided no. that it wasn't worth it. So no. she decided to just sit at the bottom and look at the tower with exactly. us. Exactly. You can see the view. Yeah, you can see yeah. the view from, from the ground. But all the time this was going on, I was just yeah. proper laughing in my head thinking, I'm, exactly. I'm about to do a podcast yeah. about people like this. But this is exactly why those bits are funny. Because exactly, yeah, we, we all know a Ray. Yeah. And we all know or are a Ken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So it really does, yeah, ring true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, favourite lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, any that you can repeat <sighs> without me having to um, uh, mark the podcast as explicit. Oh, you might have to. Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> I, know. I, I, I you might have to put a warning on this. Song, yeah. But, yeah, it is the... Um, it is the in the film, you know, it's, it, uh-huh. it is what it, it is. is. Um, so my favourite line, absolute favourite, is um, Harry to his um, gun dealer, Yuri. Mm-hmm. An Uzi. I'm not from <laughs> South Central Los Fracking Angeles. I didn't come here to shoot 20 black 10-year-olds in a drive-by. I want a normal gun for so a normal, normal person. person. That is very good. <laughs> um, apparently, um, the Golden Schmoes... Mm. award does have an award for best line right. in a film and i looked at some of them over the years and they are pretty damn good to be fair okay um but the, in this year which is 2008 let's not forget um the the best line that was was given to uh was given to a line from in bruges and it is if i grew up on a farm and was retarded bruges <laughs> might impress me but i didn't so it doesn't <laughs> Which is harsh. Which is harsh. So but funny. many lines. But funny. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It is funny. I, I like the description of purgatory as well. Uh-huh. Um, you weren't really <clears throat> rubbish, but you weren't all that great either. Like Tottenham. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, poor Tottenham. I know. I do like um, Ray to Ken, a great day this has turned out to be. I'm suicidal. My mate tries to kill me. My gun gets nicked and we're still in... <laughs> <laughs> when I asked my friend who loves this film what was her favourite line there we go that's, <laughs> that's the one yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah at least in prison I love the voiceover at the end because it's very sombre and you know is he going to die is he going to mm-hmm. die at least in prison or in death I wouldn't be in prison <laughs> <laughs> and one that, one that particularly resonates with me is uh, four beers in 20 minutes no problem mm-hmm. because I have been to Bruges have you been to Bruges? I've never been to I've Bruges I've been now. to Bruges. Um, briefly, mm-hmm. on a cruise, mm-hmm. um, there was a Belgian beer tasting, which uh, we went to, and whoever had orchestrated this beer tasting mm-hmm. clearly, really had underestimated Belgian beers. Right. Because I think we had an hour in this pub, and they gave us four Belgian beers Oof. Um, to, to drink mm-hmm. in. And, and we thought, tasting... Yeah. But they gave you a full bottle. A full beer. So wow. four, if you can imagine four Belgian beers, four mm-hmm. bottles of Belgian beer in an hour, and then unfortunately, I mean, obviously, you know, yeah, you know, I'm not condoning the drinking of alcohol. Um, the, the beer makes you make bad decisions, mm-hmm. and the first bad decision that it makes you make is it's a good idea to have more, more beer. beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were sat with... Um, an American couple who didn't like Belgian beer. I mean, for the life of me. Why they were there, I don't know. So they kind of, like, sipped at things and then, you know, oh, didn't dear. really like them. And the last one was something preposterous in terms of uh, strength. Mm-hmm. And they took a little... And obviously they're in bottles, so they poured a little bit out of the bottle, yeah. had a little sip, decided, no, this one, this is the last one, and I don't really like it. So they decided mm-hmm. to go shopping. Right. Um at which point we drank the rest of the beer. Because, you know, it was a shame to yeah, waste, waste not it one in a bottle. Absolutely. So, yeah, so that was kind of like five bottles of Belgian beer. And I'm so glad we were on an organised trip because there's absolutely no way we'd have found our way back to the ship. <laughs> um, that was the last... That was a very long time ago. And that was the last time I had um, far too much to drink. But, um, but yeah, so when he when he's drinking, he's, uh, he's, I'm thinking, four in 20 minutes is really going some. Yeah, uh-huh. that's really going some. Yeah, I, I I really like weirdly I really like the bit about the alcoves. 
The mm-hmm. alcoves. Because it's the just alcoves. so bizarre. Um, you know, like when you learn a foreign language and trying to get the right word. Mm-hmm. The alcoves. This does not sound right. The alcoves. <laughs> <laughs> and then he comes back to it again with Harry. He's like, yeah. was he going on about the alcove? <laughs> I, just, I like that. It just, it's just a bit offbeat and, mm-hmm. yeah, it tickles me. Yeah. It does. Um, under worst lines, I'm going to go, I'm going to skip straight to has it dated. Okay. Yeah. It, it's okay to have characters in films that are racist and that are homophobic mm-hmm. you know because it's Cause telling it's, that story it's telling that story yeah the point but um, I, I still wince a little bit <clears throat> at some of the language yeah um in the i mean th- there's there's at least I've, in fact i've written there's at least two uses of the word retarded mm-hmm. and there is th- th- there's one use of the word spaz but i've yeah. written it down and i thought what's wrong with spaz why, oh. why do I have a problem with the word spat? Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Which are terribly, terribly pre- politically incorrect. Yeah. Um, but that... You wouldn't just write them as a normal dog dialogue of a character no. that was supposed to be, like, a nice person. You wouldn't. Just everyday average Joe. No. It, it, it's literally language used in the film to get a point... Yes. Get across the point that, you know, Ray is not... He's a little unreconstructed. A but Harry person. Harry also is the same. He, we have a lot of language from him, yeah. don't we? But he's clearly not a good person He's either. clearly wired up wrong, isn't yeah. he? <laughs> no, I get that. But it's still they still make me wince. Yeah, 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 And absolutely. particularly like the yeah. homophobic stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of the... There's a, a lot of insults mm-hmm. that revolve around people being gay I mean even just like one gay beer for my gay friend which is funny but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know yeah, yeah. again and that's just showing his disdain his yeah. disdain for the country and it's you know amazing beer yeah and and sort of Ray's attitude towards Jimmy as well mm-hmm. um, you know you do you get some people that think that people are there to be looked at or yes. are, are there for their entertainment exactly. and things yeah. just yeah. because of how they dress, how they look, how they behave or whatever. Yeah. It's like, no. I know. It is cringy. It is a little bit, yeah. It is yeah. cringy. Uh, but we can package all that up and put it into two little packages. Yeah. Harry and, and yeah. Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was going to say, I don't know if you'd have all of that in if you made it today, but then again, I haven't seen The King's Man, but I have seen Kingsman. Uh-huh. And that's got some pretty dodgy stuff in it as well, so... Yeah, I watched Kingsman, like, when it first came out. I, I actually didn't like it. No. I, I've forgotten most of it now, to be yeah. quite honest. I just put it out of my mind because I was just like... I, I just didn't find it entertaining at all. But I, I know I a enjoyed, lot of people love it. Yeah, I enjoyed the action-y bits. Mm-hmm. It's a weird thing, actually. We're on a different film altogether. We're yeah. not going, <laughs> we're just not going, going to cover Kingsman uh, <laughs> But it's a weird film. It's almost like a you could take bits out of it and make it a completely family film. Mm. Kingsman. So why don't they? I think that's kind of why I watched it, thinking it was a little bit more exactly. like that. It kind of took me by surprise what yeah. it was like. Exactly. Um, so I, I, I struggle a bit with, with films that are like that, that have mm-hmm. got all this stuff in, because I think there's no need. Yeah. You know, and if, you know... It, if all your films have got a character in like this, mm-hmm. which pretty much they have, because yeah. in um, Three Billboards we've got Sam Rockwell yeah. playing an astonishing character, mm-hmm. um, you know, but he's pretty despicable, isn't yeah. he? He's got some pretty despicable opinions. Yeah. If they crop up in all your films, you start to think, what's what's going on here? Yeah. You know. It's is, kind is of it Quentin Tarantino esque, isn't yeah, it? I guess that? so. It, it's kind of like a. A trope that they use yeah, throughout yeah. the films, isn't it? I guess so, yeah. 
And I don't necessarily think that it represents, like, the director's personality or, like, their sensibilities per se, but, yeah, you you kind of wonder, like, how dark is their sense of humour just on a normal day? (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's one thing making a film... And pouring that, it all into yeah, and that putting one. it all into that yeah. one thing. Mm-hmm. But when, like you said, when that's like running through the, all of your yeah. films, you uh-huh. do kind of go, hmm. <laughs> and the thing that I worry about is we can watch this and, and wince mm-hmm. and think, oh, you can't say that. Mm-hmm. But what I worry about is people who don't think like we do, thinking that these are actually legitimate ways to speak to people yeah. and legitimate opinions to have. Yeah. And that it's like the Roy Chubby Brown thing, isn't it? Where oh, I don't mean it. Yeah, yeah, but people who yeah. come to see you think you do, yeah. and they do think that, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't really, you know, yeah. um, back them up. Mm-hmm. You know, you're kind of legitimising the their opinions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got like several, you know, the skinhead called a, a, a puff and a big gay baby mm-hmm. and such. And and let's, I had to look up when the Wire uh, began because the Wire has a very famous openly gay gangster in it right and they would not be going around calling him <laughs> names like this you know yeah um, and he actually is gay footnotes the late michael k williams played the robin hood style bandit omar little in the wire from 2002 to 2008 the openly gay tough guy was barack obama's favorite tv character and although he didn't endorse his criminal behavior called him the toughest, baddest guy on the show. If he came across Omar, Harry might be glad of an oopsie. So it, I think that's a little bit dated, but as I said, they're still yeah. making films with this kind of language in now. Mm-hmm. I don't like it, but, you know... It's controversial. It is, yeah. And probably why a lot of people gave it a one-star review. Yeah. But I'm able to separate myself from that and watch uh-huh. it and think, I don't like those particular bits, but, you know, I can see what mm-hmm. they're getting at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, who's your uh, MVP? Oh, that's really uh, that's really tricky. I haven't actually, um, uh, I haven't really come up with one. I mean, in terms of story, story wise, it's Harry, isn't it? Yeah, because he starts the whole ball rolling mm-hmm. by organising the the hits mm-hmm. on the priest, and mm-hmm. then they have to leave the country, and he sends them to Bruges. You know, yeah. Story wise, it's it's Harry, yeah, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel the heart of the film is Ray. Yeah. But, and his redemption. Yeah, like watching his emotional turmoil throughout the film and realising that, like I said earlier maybe, is that he's like acting up because he's trying to, he's struggling with all these exactly. feelings that he's got going on. Yeah. And at the end he does try and, does he try and do something good? He tries to stop he's Harry killing himself. He, yeah, he does. That's about it though, isn't it really? Yeah, yeah. He obviously doesn't want Marie to get hurt either, but he no. also doesn't want to go downstairs and just face, <laughs> exactly, face yeah. Harry. He's still trying yeah. to wiggle his way out. Uh-huh. He is, yeah. Considering he was suicidal the previous... Oh, that morning. Well, and someone tried to, to kill shoot himself. I'm, I'm sure that does focus the mind a little <laughs> bit more. Um, maybe, you know, gives you a zest for life yeah, that you have previously so. not had. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Well, I put Ken as my MVP, Aww. just because, like, he's the he's the warmth throughout the film. He is, yeah. Like, even though you know he's a hitman, therefore he is a murderer. Yeah. He's but so only lovely. Most, mostly bad people. Yeah, mostly, most, bad, mostly, mostly bad people. Mostly bad people, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, he tries to encourage Ray to enjoy the sights and experiences of Bruges. He tries to be positive and he obviously cares about Ray. Yes. Um, He's trying to be a father figure to him. Yeah, really. he kind of is. I isn't mean, he? he he almost is in the sightseeing yeah. <laughs> scenes. You know, like yeah. like a, like he's dragging around a, a small child, yeah. trying to get them involved in the sights. Yeah, he's a real softy, but then he stands up to Harry, literally faces death. You yeah. know, to try yeah. and save Ray. He does, yeah, yeah, um, by standing up to Harry. Yeah, and actually, the words that he speaks to Harry change Harry's mind about killing him. They do, yeah. For not killing Ray. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't shoot you now. <laughs> you know. Um, and then obviously when everything suddenly gets turned on its head and mm-hmm. they're all back to like trying to kill each other. Yeah. He sacrifices himself to, to try and save Ray again. He does. Literally he does. sacrifices himself. And thoughtfully tries not to kill anyone kill else. Kill anyone else on the way, yeah. But, yeah, clearing yeah. the way for himself. Yeah. Yeah. You make a good argument, yeah. I'm going for Ken. Oh yeah. Yeah. I do I do like the fact um that earlier in the film he found, like when he's trying to pay to get into the tower and they won't accept his coins because <laughs> he's like one cent short. Yeah. Um he ends up having to break into his fifty euro notes. Yeah. And then Later on in the film, it's really handy that he's actually he's got, got those change. coins in his exactly. pocket. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Mm-hmm. Have you got any um, fast-forward moments? I mean, I could fast-forward the bit where poor Harry's, uh, poor Ken's lying on the church square having just yeah. turfed himself out of the tower. I don't yeah. like that bit. It makes me a bit like, mm, it's, it's a bit, a bit grim. Well, also, also it takes us straight to, um, is it far-fetched? You are not surviving that fall. No, you wouldn't think Not you even would. for a moment. No. Not even just to... Say your last words. No. He purposefully drops himself off the tower feet first, doesn't he? So yeah. I'm thinking oh, that it's his intention yeah. to try and save his vital organ right. bits so, so, that he, so can... he can... Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Say to someone, you know, or, you know... I mean, does it... I can't remember. He doesn't know that Ray's down there, does he? Oh, he does. He yeah, does. Yes, yes he point. does. He does. Silly. Because he's trying to... Yeah. Tell him the lads just told Harry and him that's that he's right. down there. So yeah, yeah. I think he, I think he is yeah. doing it. He, he does that jump in that particular way, yeah. not head first, yeah. foot first. That he knows he's going to completely shatter the bottom of his body and potentially die a slow, agonising death. But yeah. he at least has a chance to warn Ray of what's mm. happening. It's a big gamble, though. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm not sure. It is a gamble. It. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. About uh, it. I'm not. I, yeah, I'm not convinced. Uh, the other far-fetched bit is when um, Ray jumps out of the window onto the boat. Yeah. And, <laughs> and no one says, who are you? Yeah, the also, boat driver just carries that, on. The like, fact that he hey, hits the boat right. anyway. The fact that, you know, <laughs> yeah. he, he manages that landing. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a taken to who's driving the boat thing, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's like, who is this person that doesn't even flinch? That you Yeah. Know, uh, someone's just jumped into their boat. Also, when he's been shot, Mm-hmm. by Harry and he's yeah. pushing his way through all those people yeah. and all those extras in the film and stuff they don't really seem very faced by the fact that there's a guy basically like dying yeah. of yeah. gun wounds in front of them they just they're a bit non-reactive yeah <laughs> I think the whole last part the last act of the film mm-hmm. is a little bit drawn out yeah and a little bit far-fetched yeah you know mm-hmm. but Harry wants his shootout he does he gets it he I gets guess. his shootout kind of yeah. mm-hmm. a bit one-sided though a little bit, yeah, a <laughs> little bit. Um, other film references. Okay. 
So I wrote down Sexy Beast just purely because of Harry's character. Mm-hmm. Nick Rogue's Don't Look Now, which the, they say that they're doing an homage to that with the, the scenes with the um, with the dwarfs. Right. Um, she says that the film that they're making, it's an homage oh, to, uh, yeah. to Don't Look Now, which I watched fairly recently and was really, really disappointed with. You know when you watch something that everyone considers a classic and yeah. you just like don't get it at all? So, yeah. Fair enough. Hey-ho, but I won't, I apparently. Won't I wouldn't spend yeah, my time no, on that. I wouldn't. <laughs> Um, we've got Touch of Evil on the TV uh, in the B&B, the black and white film mm-hmm. that he's watching in the B&B, um, which always makes me think of Punch Drunk Love, but that's a whole other uh, <laughs> <laughs> reference, film reference. Um, but, I mean, someone pointed out, I don't know if this is an intentional thing, but that scene in Touch of Evil's got a, it's a really long one shot. Mm-hmm. And then after that's been on the TV, there's then a really long shot. So I don't know whether that's intentional or not, yeah. but... Um, um, I definitely think that Ken's death scene is referenced in The Untouchables. Yeah. Because you just see the the trail of blood, don't yeah, you, as he's you crawling did. his way up, um, which is really sad. Yeah. And it's sad in The Untouchables as well. I know. Me. <laughs> the, the other thing I thought, some of the music, there's a little hint of Godfather. Oh, in okay. just there's just a couple of scenes, uh-huh. and you're like, oh, it's got. Oh no, it's not. But it's just, yeah. it just almost goes. There. I didn't make that connection. I just it thought it just goes. sounded like Belgian folky sort of music, yeah, particularly but the piano. Yeah, you know, the piano yeah. bit. You know, I did think that. So we're moving on to soundtrack, mm-hmm. it was by Carter, Carter Burwell, Burwell. Yeah, who I'll be honest, I've never really you know, consciously heard of mm-hmm. before, but he's done absolutely tons yeah, of stuff. Yeah, he's quite prolific. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing that I um, noted his name down for was, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to laugh, the Twilight soundtrack. <laughs> oh, dear. He wrote the original music. He wrote Bella and Edward's tune. It's amazing. Which goes like... I'm not singing <laughs> it. I'll Spotify it later. <laughs> but it's very beautiful oh, music. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and, and actually, his original scores for like the... Twilight films, they're really good. Like, yeah. I'd, I've enjoyed listening to them, uh-huh. like, standalone before, and then I have seen his name pop up on other films when I've been watching it. Yeah. And gone, oh, yeah, you can hear that's Carter Burwell. Oh. Um, so, yeah. He did the original score for this. It's real, like, purred back. Mm. Um, yeah, I think he's said before that most films have got too much music in, mm-hmm. which he's probably not wrong, to be yeah. sure. Um, yeah, it's not music heavy. This is no. it? it's literally just like a little embellishment for like the scenery that you're sh- you're looking yeah. at and things. It's, uh-huh. it's not like an integral part of no what's going on. No, it's not. But it does you know set the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's very relaxing. There's a, there's an extra on the DVD which is literally um, a, a cruise, a, a locked off perspective cruise around Bruges mm-hmm. with little factoids about Bruges Aww. with the music behind mm-hmm. and I'm not going to lie I didn't watch it all because I fell asleep because I found the music so relaxing <laughs> this is the problem I kind of with woke watching up these again, things like, oh. yeah, watching <laughs> these lovely. things at the end of a long day in work yeah, or something definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah he, he did um, he's, I mean I'm a massive Coen Brothers fan mm-hmm. um, and I didn't realise he, he scored all the Coen films mm-hmm. uh, apart from Inside Lewin Davis which has got a completely different soundtrack anyway um, so yeah mm-hmm. there you go he's done a lot of stuff yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff and then there was like songs in in there by the Dubliners Chrissy Hind mm. Regina Spector yeah 
Which, yeah, actually, I didn't really, like, I didn't give them too much thought when they were on in the film. I didn't sort of go, no. oh. But, yeah, um, like the Chrissy Hind one, 2,000 Miles, it yeah. literally mentions Christmas time in the song. So how did, yeah. yeah. That's, it is a Christmas song, isn't it? It is a Christmas yeah. song. So, I don't <coughs> know when it was out. When was it out? Did it actually come out at Christmas? What, the oh, film? Was, yeah. Uh, April. It was a, an oh, Easter bonkers, sort of release, yeah. I wonder if it was ever slated to be released at Christmas. I don't know. I mean, it's a bit random, isn't it? It is. I mean, there's been some real dark Christmas films that have come out, so there's no reason why, you know, they couldn't mm. have released it at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. It's a puzzle. It's it a is. puzzle. Footnote. The AV Club takes a deep dive into, or maybe overthinks, the Christmas connection by suggesting that Christmas is an existential holiday characterised by contemplation of life, love, regrets and plans for the future, much like many of Ken and Ray's conversations. There's a religious aspect to some of their discussions too, which ties in somewhat tangentially with the season. I suppose we'll never really know why McDonough decided to set the film during the festive season. But is it really a Christmas film? Move aside, Die Hard. This is the real debate. Does it start? Could it start a franchise? Do we need a prequel or sequel? I mean, you said that there's like sort of backstory scenes, yeah, on the extras. I don't think I need to see a whole film with them. Um, although, you know, Matt Smith does do a good Harry. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could see more of that. Yeah, but I don't think unless there's an actual story there. Yeah, you know, we don't need to see. You know, basically, I don't think there's a backstory with Ken and Harry other mm-hmm. than. Ken's good at his job, yeah. horrid though his job is, yeah. and Harry is insane. Yeah, you know, and I don't, <laughs> I don't think anything. You can't really in build anything to, on no, that. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and um, then as for like sequels, I mean, what do you reckon happens to uh, Ray? Well, when we leave him, there, uh, I don't think it was filmed, but there was an uh, there was a scene written which suggested that Ray does not die. Mm-hmm. So I think we're in a, I think we're in layer cake territory yeah um yeah. where you just think well there's no way he's getting up from that yeah well actually he might do he, yeah or yeah. he did he did exactly yeah so yeah. no i don't think ray dies i think mm-hmm. maybe i think he learns to love bruges <laughs> i don't need to see a film i'd like to see a dvd yeah. extra maybe you know but i don't need to see another film about how him and chloe settle down i think he goes bruges. working at the b&b for marie do you think <laughs> maybe yeah yeah Maybe. Has Maybe he got not. any transferable skills? Has he got well, any he skills was at all? That, wasn't he earlier in the film? <laughs> yeah, he was true. thinking, "What on earth yeah. else do I do?" Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't really need a, a prequel or a sequel. No. Interestingly, though, later on this year, Ma- <laughs> Martin McDonough uh-huh. um, has got another film coming out, which reunites uh, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell. Oh, excellent! Yay. Okay. So I'm looking forward Ooh. to that. That's called the Banshees of Inisherin. Um, and Barry Keegan is in it as well. Right, okay. Who's obviously yeah. the new, uh, the new, 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 new Joker. Oh yeah, he is. Isn't yeah, he? yeah, he is. Now this, uh, I, I wasn't sure again if it was in the same universe as, as in Bruges, you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. when they use the same, you know, actors and whatnot. But anyway, this isn't. Um, it can't be anyway, unless mm-hmm. it was a prequel. Yeah. But um, it's based on one of his plays that was never actually performed. 
Right. So he okay. did a trilogy. It was supposed to be a trilogy of plays. Mm-hmm. Um, the first two of which were quite well acclaimed. The the last one just didn't work. He didn't like it. It didn't get off the ground. It never mm-hmm. happened. Um, and that it was called the Banshees of Inisherin. So interesting. You know, industry thoughts are that this is what this film is based on. Right. This okay. kind of failed play. So we'll we'll see. We'll mm. see. Intrigued. Um, so filming is wrapped. Yeah. Um, and it's supposedly out later on this year. So that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's not a it's not a sequel. Yeah. But maybe a spiritual sequel. Yeah. You know, whether they'll be playing. They are playing friends. Um, one of whom decides they don't want to be friends anymore. Oh. Mm. Uh-oh. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would imagine with. Uh, violent consequences <laughs> violence and name calling yeah. I would imagine but there you go so <laughs> so under any business under any other business I asked uh-huh. I asked you to imagine <laughs> I asked you to put yourself in in uh, Harry's shoes mm-hmm. I suppose mm-hmm. um, and decide where you would send me if I was a particularly <laughs> rubbish hitman right. and needed to go off and spend a couple of days somewhere before I was summarily whacked. Right, okay. Uh, and I have done the same thing. Okay. I have come up with somewhere that I would, I would send you, you know. Cool. Oh, I mean, I hope this never arises. I hope, you know, I'm I hope the situation sure doesn't it won't. On. I'm sure it won't. But, you know, you've got to be prepared. Yeah. Um, well, I know how much you love a good cruise. I do like a cruise, yeah. I do. So I, do. I figured I would send you on a cruise around Norway. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, because it's yeah. beautiful and you might get, you know, some northern lights yeah. and some whales and things. Yeah. And then, you know, when the time comes, you could just overboard, you know. If, oh, if okay. I, I have know, to do it myself. What, uh, or or, some, or someone, someone with me. Or, yeah. Right, okay. I'm not sure I'd like to, to um, fall into the no. whatever sea that is. That'd be really cold and nasty. I mean, I wouldn't like to go in any way. No, true, true. Any it wouldn't word, be, but... yeah. It, it would. It yeah. wouldn't be my. It wouldn't be my death of choice. But no. you know. uh, <laughs> that would have but... been another question we could have asked. <laughs> what, what would be your death of choice? Um, if you didn't um, like Norway, but... I put Alaska or somewhere like that. Yeah, somewhere yeah. cold, basically on a ship. I know. Yeah. I know yeah thanks for that. <laughs> thanks for that. But you know, I do like a cruise. I would like to do. Yeah. Okay. I'll. I'll. I'll, I'll go along with that. Yeah. I'll be slightly bad. worried now if ever anyone gifts me. <laughs> Thankfully, no one is going to gift me a cruise, so I don't need to worry that... By the um, way, I've seen this really good cruise deal next year. Where do you fancy going? <laughs> so where I actually wrote down, uh-huh. where I actually... And I do have a bit of an obsession with this place because I've never been there and I want to go see Portland, Oregon. Oh, OK. So should I ever need to, you know, should this ever situation ever arise? Portland, I'm happy Oregon. with your idea, but I would actually like to go to Portland, Oregon. Why Portland, Oregon? Um, I'm kind of a bit obsessed with it, even though I've never been there, because I think it's just the kind of real cool cosmopolitan bohemian place okay. that I think I'd really like to go to. Cool. It just seems like that kind of place, you know. Um and I, I do plan to go there one day. <laughs> but um you know, if if I if I was on limited time. Yeah, if I was on if I was on borrowed time then I'd 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 go straight That'd there. Be it. Yeah, definitely. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. So so where I'm going to send you. Okay. Um I thought about this. Um, and you've said you haven't been to Bruges, mm-hmm. but I'm not sending you to Bruges. Oh, okay. But I'm not sending a, a million miles away from Bruges either. I'm going to send you to Brussels. Right, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because, same deal with the beer. Yeah, I like as, it. As Bruges, yeah. Uh-huh. Chocolate, you know. Happy days. Chocolate everywhere. Um, also, there's a very, very good um, musical instrument museum. 
Oh, um, that's exciting. Which I think you would genuinely uh, be interested in. Right, okay. Yeah, so you could go there. Um, yeah, nice, nice bit that of That sounds like a nice way to spend my last few days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are no swans, I don't think. But. Fair enough. You know, yeah. I, I think you I like it. Yeah, I think you like it. Well, um, the, play, the place that I put as. Um, Mm-hmm. As my preference. Okay. A little bit different. I'm, I'm, I'm not close, am I? No. A L- little bit wild. Okay. Vegas, okay. baby. Vegas, baby. I would want course. a hangover weekend before <laughs> I came to a sticky end. Okay. <laughs> Vegas. Yeah. And, and there's probably many, many different ways to die in Vegas. I'm <laughs> sure there is. So I'm sure we can make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> the Grand Canyon's not far away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can be creative. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I, I'd be happy with any of those yeah, holidays, think, yeah. you know. I'd rather they didn't end in death. Yeah, but, preferably uh, not. Yeah, any of those holidays I, I would be more than happy with. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being so thoughtful. <laughs> Angie, thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, I think that's it. Do we have any other business to deal with? <laughs> <laughs> Or should we just sally forth on our cruise yeah. um, and hope that we make it back alive? I think we should just leave it there, right? I think we should, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Happy holidays, everyone. Oh, yeah. Um, we hope uh, you all get the flights good that you luck are with your flights. Uh, hoping for. Mm-hmm. And we hope you come back in one piece. Mm-hmm. Um, ready for next month. Don't know what's, what's going to happen next month in July. but um, I feel like it should be more travel-orientated still since yeah. it's summer. and Oh, I've got an idea. Yeah. Several ideas, actually. Me too. Full of them. Yep. Bye Have bye. a good time. Bye. <laughs> bon voyage. <laughs>